you know, we get a little closer to, we get a little closer to them than some other sports. Um, and yeah, I think, I think some of it crosses the line. Um, I think there's a certain, I think certain other sports culture has fed into our game, um, and fed into the fan base that's definitely affected it. Um, and people will get, you know, people will make the argument that, well, it happens in every other sport, but I would say that we're not any other sport, and I think golf should hold itself to a higher standard. Golf is different in that respect that if you only have 2% of the people that are fairy against you because you're polarizing and because you're attention-seeking, then you're, you're kind of dead because those people are going to be loud and they're going to want to say something to get under your skin. And I think golf shouldn't let that happen. I think the Masters is a great example of a place that doesn't let that happen. And it's the, the greatest place to watch and play professional golf because of the atmosphere they create. And I think if you look at the history of the game and you look at the respect that underlies the entirety of the history of the game, we shouldn't tolerate it and we shouldn't celebrate that. We should celebrate the fan that is respectful and pulls for their side. So it's a tough situation. It's a tough topic. Good day, one and all. Welcome to the Fairways of Life show. Matty here with you on this Thursday. Uh, it gets underway today at the Tour Championship, but as we heard over the course of the last 24 hours, there has been a great deal of discussion about the PGA Tour essentially coming out and drawing a line in the sand and saying enough is enough. Uh, as I mentioned on the program yesterday, I do think that the PGA Tour is a little slow in their reaction, but I'm glad nonetheless that it has taken place. I'm very pleased with the, with what they have said in terms of expecting some civility in terms of, of conduct. I have seen a lot of the reaction uh, on social media. And to tell you the truth, I can't say that any of it particularly surprised me because all of it fell right along the lines of exactly where I thought it would fall, depending on who it is that was putting forth the, the commentary. There, there are certain members of the, the so-called media, I guess social uh, uh, media, I suppose, is the best way to define that, uh, that pretty much try to tear apart the tour regardless of what decision they make and find some underlying reason that uh, it wasn't a good decision to make. But in this case, uh, as, as I mentioned to you yesterday, it is my feeling that the percentage of people who are out of line is a tiny percentage. And so I don't think you need to make wholesale changes in terms of how people are treated. You treat people with respect, but you expect respect from those people so that uh, when players are competing, they can compete in uh, an environment that is, as the, as the commissioner said yesterday, safe uh, and a relative level playing field because of the way that, you know, people talk about inside the ropes, outside the ropes, sometimes forgetting that the dividing line that we're talking about is a rope. So I'm, I'm glad that they're going in this direction. I'm really pleased now that players have the liberty to discuss it because previously, uh, in, in some ways, it almost felt like, I've, I've said from the beginning, it, it, this whole thing felt like schoolyard bullying to me. Whether you like Bryson or don't like Bryson, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Uh, but the whole thing felt like piling on. And I think that players, when they were asked about it prior to what the tour uh, just declared, I think they were reticent to take a side. And in particular, 
they were reticent other than than uh, Harris English distinctively, which I applaud him for. They were reticent to go against the thundering herd uh, or the perception of the same. Uh, in some cases, I think it was just just out of fear that they they themselves might be targeted for the same type of behavior. So I, I'm glad now that players of stature uh, and significance when they speak are coming out and saying, no, we are different. As a game, we're different. Uh, we have a different level of expectation of ourselves. We have a different level of expectation for the sport. And so I, I applaud the direction that this is going now, uh, a good, healthy direction. Uh, and, and to those that use an argument that's saying, well, it takes away some of the fun. Uh, first of all, I don't think it takes away 99% of the fun but if your fun is defined by uh, poking fun at someone else or, or harassing someone else to, in, in ascending levels of definition or even worse, uh, then, yeah, I guess it, it took away your definition of fun in that regard. But as I said, I think that represents less than 1% of, of uh, all the people out there because uh, it, when, when you go to an event, and particularly when you bring your kids to an event, or for some of you watching, when you bring your grandkids to an event, you want them to feel that it is a positive place and a place that uh, is a reflection of the virtues of the game of golf. So I'm, I'm very pleased with uh, what we're hearing. Uh, you know, the history of the game, there has been 200 souls ever to have won five or more events on the PGA Tour. It's probably a a step above whatever you consider to be elite when you're talking about that kind of company, I would not doubt. It's also where you'll find our friend who's joining us right now, and I'm delighted to welcome the show, and Mark Wilson. Uh, Mark, like many tour winners, was special early on. He played college golf at the University of North Carolina in 1996. He won the Ben Hogan Award there for the best college golfer. He graduated with a degree in mathematics, believe it or not, which is pretty important in the game of golf. He turned professional in 97, and he never looked back. In the beginning, it was the Hooters Tour for Mark. He claimed three wins there from 98 to 2001, scratching and clawing his way up the ladder of the game. He stepped up his game by 22, where he played a full season on the Corn Ferry Tour. It was called the Nationwide Tour back in those days. He made it through the original version of Q School, which was a crucible at its time. And at the end of the season, he earned his PGA Tour card starting the 2003 season. And that was it. Once he got his PGA Tour card, there was no looking back. And that is not a joke. From 2003 to 2016, he played 19-plus events every year. He collected those five PGA Tour victories during that span and all. He had nine professional wins. He's played in 390 PGA Tour events to go along with those victories. One runner-up, four third-place finishes, 32 top 10, 79 top 25s. He's just as easily made the transition into becoming a golf broadcaster, which is where you'll find him literally later on this morning covering the Tour Championship for, I believe, PGA Tour Live. But we'll confirm that as we welcome Mark to the show. How are you, Mark? Hey, Matt. I'm good. And uh, you, know, you mentioned the five wins. And I'm, I'm happy to have Patrick Cantley join the group at five. Something tells me he's going to pass me pretty soon. But uh, happy to have that company right now. It's a pretty distinctive group. You guys, Ricky, all the rest. Uh, just so I clear it up, so I make it official, you, you are doing PGA Tour Live this morning, right? That's right. We go live at 11 a.m. I believe that's the only place to catch it right away at 11 a.m. Uh, PG the Tour Championship. Well, I definitely want to talk to you about the Tour Championships and storylines and everything that we're collectively excited about. But as you saw, we started with some sound there from Rory and from Patrick and, and the discussion about decorum, uh, about expectations of, of behavior both ways. Uh, where does Mark Wilson fall in this as a tour player? 
I am happy that it's come out a little bit more and they've been the guys are talking about it, that Jay Monahan seemed to give a stern message to the fans. And it's one of those where, I guess I, I talk to my kids about it too, like, you know, when they go, oh, what if I do this? Like, well, you know, if you think it might be going over the line, then don't do it. And so I think that's the point where, you know, some people that are criticizing this are like, well, you know, what if someone yells out Brooksy just uh, cheering for Brooks? Like, he really wants Brooks to win. It's like, you know, you hear the tone in that. So if you think it might be close, then, then don't go there. And uh, you made a good point there, Matt. Yes, it's a small percentage. It's just those few. And, uh, you know, when you get in a big group like that, thousands of people together, uh, someone's bound to just be a little bit more free with uh, something and forgetting about uh, being considerate to the, uh, the players in the arena. And that's the thing. Golf is a gentleman's game. Uh, it's unique in the sense that the fans are a lot closer to us than they are in the NFL, Major League Baseball. Maybe the outfielders have a little bit to deal with from occasion, but at the same time, they're not having to catch the fly every two minutes, right? We're having to hit a golf shot constantly, and the, and the fans are really close. Uh, so I'm glad it was brought to the attention. Now, who knows if the fans that come to you know, future events really heard that message, but they're going to get the message when uh, those little things uh, – come up to be an ejection and they're out and then the word travel. So I'm glad it was, uh, it was brought up and hopefully it's something that could kind of uh, go in the past in, in terms of uh, what we've seen with that, the whole uh, Bryson and, and uh, Brooks kind of feud, so to speak, that's really been fueled by social media. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, and it's, it's a, it's a beast that when you feed it, uh, sometimes you find situations like this because I think all of it, for me, Mark, comes down to the culture of anonymity that, that we have through social media, the, the vicious attacks that people uh, use the platform for because they're divided from looking at someone in the eyes when, when, they, when they make their accusations, usually which are wrong uh, or way too severe. Uh, and, and I think when you're, when you're buried inside of a crowd, it's the same thing where you, you feel a, a safety in numbers, if you will, or at least an anonymity in, in, the, in the kaleidoscope of, of, of a gallery uh, where you, you do something that you wouldn't do if it was just the two of you out playing golf. You, you just wouldn't do that to another human being. But somehow it's okay when you're in a group setting as though you're in some type of uh, witness of, a, of an execution or something. It's madness to me. <laughs> So I am glad that it's going on as well. I, I would ask you, and you feel free to answer or not to answer accordingly. Did you guys know this was coming? Did the tour give you a heads up? No, I didn't, didn't know this was coming at all. It was a surprise to me as I was uh, making my drive to do PGA Tour Live. I had tuned in to Katrick and McGinnis on tap on Sirius XM, and that's how I heard about it. And then I watched it on Golf Central. Uh, so it was great that – that Todd Lewis was there to do it. It's kind of ironic. You remember that the interview with Brooks was with Todd Lewis, that when this whole thing yeah. kind of really, I guess, went beyond, you know, everybody viral, knew for sure. there was a few. Uh, yeah, yeah, Todd Lewis was the guy interviewing Brooks at that time, and now here he is the one uh, with yeah, Bryson DeChambeau. So Todd Lewis certainly is respected amongst the players. Oh, no, there's doubt, no doubt about that. Dom, how many, how many views last time you looked did uh, – did that interview that got leaked out with Todd and uh, Brooks have? Wasn't it at 10 million, if I remember correctly? It, it was millions, millions and millions of views. It reached far beyond golf and even sport. Yeah, crazy that that's something we connect like that. How much do you think that the 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 
kind of flurry of criticism over the PIP program uh, plays into this, Mark? I mean, it's so new to all of us. I'm not really sure. I think once it plays out and we see who the winners are this first year, if you want to call them winners, whoever's taking home the boatload of cash, I guess then we'll understand kind of a little bit more about it. I remember when we first saw that, wasn't it something funny like Adam Scott was the second most Googled uh, person or searched for person. Now there's also an actor named Adam Scott. Maybe that was confusing, but you know, it's like, it seems like you don't necessarily have to work real hard at this. So the guys that are working hard at it, maybe it has nothing to do with who's going to, in the end, uh, take home that extra cash. We'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah. But you know, as you're talking about Adam Scott, I'm smiling because <laughs> Dom, who welcomed you on this morning, Dominic, what did, what happened last time Adam Scott came on the screen? You were watching it with your wife who doesn't watch golf incidentally, but he popped up <laughs> on the screen. Uh, she said, basically, he's an Adonis, and I'm in love with him. He still looks amazing. I'm sitting right next to my wife, by the way, when she's saying this. I'm like, hey, I look good. I'm in shape. I'm healthy for my age. <laughs> I'm here. Come on, huh? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Wow. That's Yeah, Adam Scott, it's a good-looking dude. I mean, not only that, he's got great posture in his golf swing. I mean, it's hard to flaw anything that Adam Scott does. There's no doubt about that. Now, this week... Starting today, we're down to 30, uh, and we reported to you guys yesterday that uh, Patrick Reed is in the field and hoping that he's fully fit and hope that he, I know he was dealing with the, the recovery from the pneumonia, but I'm hoping that, that the little break also did his, his ankle uh, well uh, in terms of healing because there was something going on with the ankle as well. I, I'm just curious, Mark Wilson, as you're getting ready to go on the air for the, for the Tour Championship for PGA Tour Live, which is available through the balance of 2021 on NBC Sports Gold, uh, I, what do you think are the primary storylines? Although I kind of feel like there's 30 of them. <laughs> they, I, I mean, there's 30 players and caddies and, and families that think theirs is the story, right? And you should, as... Uh, there's a great chance anybody can catch fire and and do something with this. I'm, I'm intrigued by Justin Thomas. I think his game is really rounding into form. Uh, the putting, simplifying his putting with putting instructor John Graham uh, over the last few weeks, you know, they realized they went a little too deep into the weeds, made it too complicated, and he had that fourth-place finish at Liberty National. Let's face it, last week didn't necessarily identify – who is playing the best. Uh, I mean, great golf course, great theater we had, but it was certainly a birdie fest. So I think Justin Thomas being there six strokes back has a, has a great chance to turn what he calls a poor year into a great year with a FedEx Cup title. And uh, listen to this symmetry, too. Uh, you know, we talk about the FedEx Cup and trying to figure out this staggered scoring thing. And the best thing I've come up with, and a lot of people have, is, you know, how guys after a slow first round. Uh, well, Justin Thomas, arguably his two biggest wins in his career, came at the 2017 PGA Championship and at the 2021 Players Championship this season. Uh, he starts six back today. Guess how many strokes he was back after round one in both of those big wins? Six strokes. So I, I really like Justin Thomas's uh, kind of the biggest storyline for me uh, coming from behind. Uh, but, yes, you're right. There's 30 storylines. I mean, we could talk about all of them. Going down the line, Patrick Cantley's got the bullseye on his back, right? Tony Finau, he got all the congratulations out of the way last week. Uh, you know, can he be uh, now get more into the present, back to business, so to speak? Uh, John Rahm, number one player in the world, doesn't seem to be able to 
close as good as you'd think the number one player in the world would be able to close. Uh, he started out there at uh, Liberty National, 48 straight holes without a bogey. And then all of a sudden, you're like, who just showed up? And on Sunday or on Monday, he was gonna, looking like he was just going to finish things off. And then who was that that played the last five holes coming in? It was kind of surprising, right? Um, mm -hmm. Even when he won the Memorial two seasons ago, he had an eight-shot lead, and he almost dribbled it all away. So uh, it's hard for me to say John Rahm's going to win just for that reason. Like, he just doesn't seem like he's going to finish. I might put my whole house on him finishing in the top ten, but for him to actually hoist that trophy, uh, I'd put money on somebody else uh, before John Rahm. Uh, with that said, I'd love to trade golf games with him in any second. I'm not trying to be critical in that way, but uh, in terms of winning, I, I'd go other, another direction. Uh, Mark, I, I, journalistically, I have to go that direction with you then because you, you mentioned it a couple times that you'd put your money on someone else or you'd go in a different direction. Uh, this is kind of jumping to the end, end of the novel at, while, we're, while we're just at the first <laughs> half, but who are you backing then this week? I, I like Justin Thomas. Like I said at the very beginning of that answer, I, that's the guy that if someone said, I don't bet at all, on, on golf, really anything. If I'm in Las Vegas, I might bet on a couple of college football games, but uh, it's not really something I've ever done. But if I was, if someone said here, you've got to put a hundred dollars on somebody this week, I would put it on Justin Thomas, hands down. Interesting. All Even right, though so he's coming me... from six back, I just I don't think it's that big of a deal in terms of the staggered scoring. So that's that's where I'd go, and and uh, we'll see. Well, I don't see have that... to bet on him, but that's where I'd go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in terms of who your, or at least your favorite is, at the very least, if we take it away from a monetary definition. But to that point where you're talking about players starting back from Patrick Cantlay, when it, this is our third iteration of this new leaderboard. When it was points, it was more difficult to know where you stood, clearly, obviously. In this case, you know you're definitively starting X behind. Do you think that changes the mentality from a player's perspective at all in terms of what pins you go for or aggressiveness, or is that something that ascends from during the course of the tournament based upon what, at that point, you would need to do? I think it ascends as the tournament goes on. I really don't think it's until the very end of the, uh, the uh, final round, to be honest with you. I mean, we've all got our games tailored to a dispersion, right? We, we know where our misses are. Uh, we know how big our miss is with a five iron versus a, a nine iron. So we, we aim accordingly to all of that. Patrick Cantley certainly can aim further away from hole locations the way he's putting, right? It, hard to continue that a hot putter, uh, unlike other parts of your game. Uh, so I don't know if Patrick's going to putt as well, but I know I've had some situations where I'll be like set up over a shot when I'm putting so well and making 20 footers uh, like their tap-ins. And I'll be aiming at a whole location on the side of a green, and then I'll catch myself. I'm like, what are you doing? You don't need to go with this flag. You're making every 20-footer. Uh, and, and, of course, that's an exaggeration. You're not making everyone. But if you're making 50% of your 20-footers, you're just killing the field. So all of a sudden, I step back. I aim 20 feet left of the hole. I hit it there. And then I have a great chance of making the putt. So it, it it's, uh, it's not until I, I feel like the back nine on, on Sunday where you might have to take a little more risk. Uh, but – here, Patrick Cantlay is the leader. There's definitely a feeling about being an overnight leader. Uh, I don't care who you are. You've got this, I mentioned it before, a bullseye in your back a little bit. Mm. And you have a tendency to play just a hair more conservative than maybe you should, shouldn't. Right? If you start a tournament, everyone at even par, you're just kind of going out. You're not sure how you're going to play. 
Uh, so we'll have to see, you know, if uh, Patrick Cantlay has kind of that, the feeling of an overnight leader. Dustin Johnson showed us how to do it, right? He came in as the leader last uh, season and then went shot 11 under par, which was 21 under par total to win the Cup title. The year before, Rory McIlroy came from five back. So it can be done either way. What do you think about the golf course itself in terms of, and we've seen it already in the prior two years, its ability to allow people to go on that kind of a run, to, to make these kind of decisions and, and to do something special? It's not a golf course you see very many low scores, right? Par 70, I remember Zach Johnson shooting 60 that one time. Uh, you just don't see a whole lot of rounds below 65. And so it's, it's not a place where there's a ton of birdies because there's some crazy difficult holes. I think of 14 and 15 come to mind. 14 is just a long par four. I believe it's a par five for the members, my guess. And very narrow fairway, hitting from an elevated tee. And if you miss it, the Bermuda rough with over 200 yards left, yeah, Bryson might have 175, whatever. But it's so hard to hit that green then. And then you go ahead, that 15th hole with the, the water. I've heard that the, the tee box is not going to be, the short tee box is not going to be used. So the guys don't even have a break for a day or two of hitting a nine under that front right hole location. It's back there. Uh, in a lonely spot over that pond with water basically on all four sides. It's it's three sides, but hard to hit it uh, straight, good enough straight over the back of that green. Uh, number nine's a great, seven, uh, eight and nine are great, two great finishing holes on the front nine, you know, with the water down the left. And so there's just, um, uh, it's a difficult golf course to go low. And so I think steady, uh, steady Eddie is kind of the, the, the golf game that we're going to see out there that's uh, going to be the one that kind of goes to the top at the end of the week. And, you know, Patrick Cantley showed us uh, that he can make a lot of birdies, but he also kind of has that kind of steady person- personality that can, can go ahead and just be consistent throughout the week. So, you know, it's a, he's in a good spot leading um, the way. But like I said before, it's, it's tough being that leader. Uh, Mark, I love having you on the show because you're so easy to talk to, such a, an easy interview, because you always lead us to the next question uh, <laughs> without having to, to, to dig about what direction to go. And, you know, when you talk about kind of steady Eddie uh, for a golf course, I'm thinking about Harris English. And, and not only am I thinking about him in the context of this week's event and, of course, in the Tour Championship, but everything about this week, which is part of what makes it so much fun for me, is the fact that it there there are a rippling effect implications on the Ryder Cup team, and Harris English uh, right now is tenth on the, when the when the points finished. Although I know that the the captains and the teams and the PGA continue to keep a, a, a calculation of of the following, but what do you think Harris English can do not only for his own cause with the Tour Championship, and it's not just him. Obviously, it's other players too. But in terms of his potential to be a captain's pick for the Ryder Cup. Harris English loves his golf course. And the main reason is because similar grasses to where uh, he played so well recently in Memphis at TPC Southwind, where he got his very first win on the PGA Tour. And so he's got kind of those home vibes in that sense, right, with the Zoysia fairways, the Bermuda greens. So I like his chances. And certainly I feel like Harris English needs to be in the mix uh, to guarantee a Ryder Cup spot. He can still get the pick because he is a, a steady kind of guy, very calm demeanor. Uh, so, But for a guy like that who hasn't been on one of these teams before, I feel like you'd need to go ahead and win. Like if he wins and he's left off the team, that would be a rising thing. So, yeah, Harris English in terms of that Ryder Cup has 
uh, a lot to play for uh, this week, more so than uh, a Tony Finau or Xander Schauffele, who, in my opinion, certainly locked up their spots for the Ryder Cup. Yeah, let's let's just run through that quickly, and then I'm, I'll let you go because you've given us so much time, and I appreciate it. But I, oh, I I'm sorry that. I can't help it because it's fascinating to talk to you. So, uh, number seven, Tony Finau. Number eight is Xander Schauffele. Number nine is is Jordan Spieth. I don't think he'd be climbing too far out in the limb to assume that those three are going to be on Team USA. Number ten is Harris English. That Mark Wilson just said he he he'd be wise to help his cause with performance this week. Number eleven is Patrick Reed, and. When we look at Patrick Reed, I don't know what your thoughts are. My thoughts are that I think he's got to demonstrate to to the captain and vice captains that he's okay, ankle-wise, lung-wise, et cetera. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But then I'm really interested in the, in the next spot, the 12th spot, where we have Daniel Berger, Webb Simpson, and who else that may do something amazing this week. So I'm just curious where you fall in terms of as, as the, the picture gets to be quite, not quite so clear. I, you're right. Jared Jordan Spieth definitely uh, um, is a lock, I feel like. Uh, but then um, you've got Patrick Reed, who, yeah, being sick for the last couple of weeks, he's got to show a little something. Uh, once again, there's private conversations behind the mm-hmm. scenes uh, talking between Captain Stricker and the other players. So they'll, they'll get a feel for whether it be ready or not. I'd love to have Patrick Reed on the team. Um, someone back there a little further, Jason Kokrak. I know it would be his first time uh, playing on a team like this, but a gritty competitor, he's, he, he stared down Jordan Spieth in front of uh, you know the Texas natives wanting Jordan to win at the Charles Schwab Challenge and won that thing. So I think he would be a nice addition to the team in, in terms of uh, that, that bulldog mentality that, that he's got. Uh, U.S. Ryder Cup team looks pretty solid, I will say. And, and Steve Stricker being my fellow cheesehead, being at, playing at Whistling Straits, I'm just thrilled for Wisconsin getting uh, the Ryder Cup. And I think Steve Stricker is going to be a huge asset with his calm demeanor that he's going to exude in the team room. And I'm going to be excited to see that Team USA go ahead and uh, win that Ryder Cup, hopefully somewhat convincingly. I, I like theater and everything, Matt, but at the same time, I'd like them to go ahead and win this one pretty easily. That'd be cool. You know, it's it's so fascinating what you just brought up, Mark Wilson, because you heard you guys heard me mention Webb Simpson was 13th, right? Well, in the grouping that Mark is picking the names from, 14 is Scotty Scheffler, 15 is Jason Kokrak, 16 is Sam Burns, 17 is Billy Horschel, 18 is Kevin Kisner, 19 is Kevin Na, 20 is Phil Mickelson. I mean, Mark, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches, really, when you think about the picks choices. It doesn't make it easier, but there's a lot of really good choices. Yeah, there's, there are a lot, too. I think I, when I was um, trying to pick in colleges, and I love University of North Carolina where I ended up choosing, but I had other chances to go to some great universities, and I still remember, uh, I think it was my counselor saying, you can't go wrong with any of these. You know, so I think that's the same, same thing with <laughs> numbers uh, 10 through 20 on the list of the Ryder Cup. Uh, you can't go wrong with uh, any of them. It's just, I think for Steve and the, and the assistant captains, they want to be fair, though. They want to be who is the most deserving of, of getting the nod to play on the U.S. Ryder Good Cup point, team. Yeah. And uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's a very good point. And then, and then I, I guess I should ask you about this, too, just because it's fun. Uh, this is a huge <laughs> week for the game of golf. We've, we've got uh, Europe versus the USA in the Solheim Cup at the iconic Inverness coming. It's just one more reason to be excited. 
It is Dow Ross course too. I grew up on a Dow Ross course in Wisconsin called Economic Golf Club, and I just I love Dow Ross stuff. Even when I was doing some PGA Tour live stuff, I went and played a place called Palatka, about a forty-five minute drive from St. Augustine, where the PGA Tour live studios are, and I just love soaking in the history of the game and Donald Ross uh, just looking at a piece of land and going, all right, this is this is how I see a hole. And so to watch the Solheim Cup there at uh, Do- another Donald Ross gym is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm a little curious that, once again, I know it's hard to schedule uh, professional golf around other stuff. When I saw that these were the same weeks, Tour Championship and the Solheim Cup, I was a little surprised. Uh, but then again, maybe it's a, a situation where you're like, hey, we'll just throw all the golf out there. People are just going to go back and forth between channels and, and watching all of the golf that's going on. Let's, let's hope that's the case. Yeah, it'd be awesome. And we have a Monday finish with the Solheim Cup too, which makes it even easier for us to choose. Oh, there you go. Our, our yeah. time and okay, place. That's good. I didn't realize that. That is good. The finality on Labor Day. Beautiful. Cannot wait. And so just to reiterate everyone, Mark Wilson, a five-time winner on the PGA Tour, will be lead analyst this week for PGA Tour Live, which comes on this morning at 11 o'clock a.m. You can find that through NBC Sports Gold. It is awesome, incidentally. Absolutely love what PGA Tour Live is doing. He's also a regular on PGA Tour Radio, which is also equally as brilliant. And that you can hear on the PGA Tour app. You can hear it on PGATour.com, or you can hear it on the National Satellite Service Sirius XM. And to boot, Mark Wilson is encouraging everyone to put $100 down on, on Justin Thomas, if I, if I heard you correctly on that one. <laughs> Sure, I guess. Yeah. And, and as you say all that too, Matt, I'm just like, wow, I'm talking a whole lot more now that I do PGA Tour Live and PGA Tour Radio than I ever did when I played. It's but I awesome. love doing it. You do a great job at it too. And it's and as evidenced by this conversation today, it's, it is so easy to have a conversation with you because of your depth of knowledge and experience and your acumen and of, of your expertise of what you're talking about. Thank you for everything that you do. And we appreciate your time as ever. Thanks, Matt, too. I love digging in uh, into the rough with you about these different topics. So enjoy the week of golf. Thank you very much, my friend. Yeah, really looking forward to all of the golf that's coming up. You guys would look forward to, to PXG. Uh, PXG.com is a great place to get started, or you can call 844-PLAY-PXG. Check out their new Gen 4 product. It has the aluminum vapor technology, the X-Core technology, and more of the advanced, most advanced uh, golf clubs that we have ever made. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. When we come back, another friend of the Fairways of Life show and some really big steps forward that continue to be made. We'll explain when we come back after this. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours, and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles. And they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. 
I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgestone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, that made superior products. So I did. I came back and I started playing with the Bridgestone for BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also to have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D that's available to them, and what they were able to create that helped me win golf tournaments. Even though we're in Texas, we don't believe that bigger is always better. At Ben Hogan Golf, we believe in something called micromanufacturing, a concept Mr. Hogan taught us long ago. It's a belief that handcrafting golf clubs one at a time to your exacting specifications is the reason we make some of the best quality and best performing equipment in the world. And we don't believe in big prices. That's why we only sell directly to you at BenHoganGolf.com. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain on the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers. But now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to BioFit360.com. Feel better, do better, be better. Hi, I'm Brian Hammonds. You country club members can now represent your club and compete in a Ryder Cup style event. The inaugural Country Club National Championship presented by Fuzzy's Ultra Premium Vodka. It's October 12th through the 17th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The field is limited, so don't delay. For more information, go to ccncgolf.com. That's ccncgolf.com. I hope to see you and your team in Orlando. Streamsong is so special with three top 100 U.S. courses designed by four legendary architects. Tom Doak's Blue Course, Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw's Red Course, and Gil Hansen's Black Course. Secluded by thousands of acres, the greatest golf stories are lived, not told. Streamsongresort.com Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world. The Fairways of Life show. On air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews. Unforgettable stories. Taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Thursday. Thank you to Mark Wilson, a five-time winner on the PJ Tour, for joining us in segment one. You can hear him coming up this morning at 11 a.m. He said we'll be the start for PGA Tour Live. We will go through all of the air times of how, when, and where you can get your golf coming up in the program today. We still have a ton that we have to get to with all of you as the program continues. You're going to hear from Colin Morikawa. You're going to hear from Dustin Johnson, uh, Rory McIlroy. I know we, we played a little bit of Rory at the start of the show, Xander Shoffley as well. So there is much still in store on the show. I'm really looking forward to what stands before us right now. As you can see behind me in the monitor, the PGA Tour Superstore is our presenting sponsor. They are the number one golf retailer 
in America. And the reason that they are is for good reason. And it very much is about those big, beautiful golf stores that spread out from coast to coast. I think the chief reason is because of their people. When you're in a store that has a vested interest as much as you do in finding what's right for your game, whether it's a pair of shoes, whether it's a piece of apparel, whether it's the, the latest golf equipment and a particular piece of equipment, maybe it's the wedge that you're finding, what loft do you need, what bounce do you need, what shaft flex do you need, what type of grip do you want on it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I love the fact that you're not at a big box sporting goods store that might want to sell you fishing gear over here or perhaps some workout equipment over there and then see what you can pick up in the golf section. These are professionals that are vested in what is best for you. That is the thing that I love. PJ Tour Superstore's chief operating officer is Randy Peich, who we've had the pleasure of having Randy on the show many times. And as I welcome him in this morning, Randy, I can see you set up there in your office Dude, it looks fantastic. What a great framing there. Oh, what a beautiful day here in Atlanta, Matt. And you have just, uh, you captured so much of the excitement of what's going on in the golf world today. And so we're really thrilled to be at the epicenter uh, of the golf world, um, along with Inverness Golf Club, as you said. So a lot of really cool events happening now. And there's so much to talk about in golf, which is, uh, it's such an exciting time to be part of the industry and to be here in Atlanta this week with the tour championship. Uh, couldn't be happier to be on your show. And thank you for that awesome introduction. Uh, uh, it's with our, our store and appreciate yeah. it. It's our pleasure. Uh, it's, it's an honor really. So Randy, when you're talking about these, this awesome time in the game of golf, it manifests itself in what you guys are doing. I, I know you're continuing the development and the opening of stores. Uh, I know that you guys were very excited about the Fairfax a story. Could you talk to us about how all of that is going? Yes. Yeah, so thank you. We are. We continue to open stores. Um, it's a really exciting time. As you mentioned, uh, Fairfax was our 48th store that we opened back uh, in the second week of August. It was an amazing um, opening. It actually broke all the records for store openings that we've had. So we're, we're just thrilled to be um, finally in the D.C. area, which is where we uh, we have intended to go for quite a while. Um, and we're not done there either. So we're uh, we're looking forward to uh, to even more stores in D.C. And certainly customers have responded. Um, I had the pleasure of speaking with our, our general manager there this week. Uh, she happened to be in Atlanta and um, just telling us all about how customers are just thanking us for finally coming to uh, to Fairfax and the D.C. area. So we're, we're just thrilled and and like you said, we are just, we're here to serve customers and to make their golf game better, um, not necessarily sell them anything, but, but really just help them um, on their journey in their golf game. As, as you're talking, Randy, we're, we're rolling video over your comments of not only the opening of the Fairfax store, but I think it serves you because all these people that are chatting away are, are chatting about the Fairfax opening, but it also serves to show the size, the scale, the depth of everything that is available inside of a PGA Tour Superstore. So I'm going to actually ask you and I both to take a step back from from the, the conversation as it has advanced. And let's assume just for a second that people are unaware of what the PGA Tour Superstore is. How would we describe to them who you are? 
Yeah, that's a great, it's a great question. So we, we get this question a lot about, you know, why are our stores different or, or what do we do differently? And it, it does all start with the assortment that, that you said. And uh, many of the customers that walked into Arlington and, and other stores as we open them say, this, this is like Disneyland for me. And so we, we like to say that, that we are the Disneyland of golf. And, and as you said, it, it all starts with um, just the experience that we have. And, and as you know, um, Arthur Blank is, is our owner and um, him, when he first started Home Depot, that was the idea was to, to have a gigantic warehouse of everything you could possibly find. And that, that's really the, the genesis of why we do what we do. And, and people say, why do you dedicate so much space to these giant putting greens? You could just have a little golf hole and that would be fine. But we want the experience to be elevated from what customers are used to. And that goes to what our technology is. We've invested in new technology in the, in the last few years and um, really having the choice of doing TrackMan, doing Foresight, a um, lot of different ways to do, to do ball measurements, fittings, lessons, and our apparel assortment is second to none. Apparel and footwear, when you go into those sections, we have ladies coming in that say, Finally, I have a place that I can go with more than just one four-way or I'm tucked back into the corner. I have to go get directions to actually see where do you carry ladies apparel, footwear and clubs. And, and we have massive selections for ladies, which, which I think is why we've been able to attract so many females into our store to say, hey, this is finally a place where I have a choice and I have a selection. And it's not just, hey, mm. go back to that little corner over there and here's a couple of clubs and a box set and, and one or two four ways of apparel. We have a massive assortment uh, for ladies, juniors, and, and really all, all golfers. And that's, that's what we want. We don't, we don't target better golfers. We don't target beginning golfers. We target all golfers. We want everyone to come in and have that elevated experience. I love it. I think I probably told you last time I saw you, Randy, that my wife loves your stores and the over under average every time, like if I have to go up there and pick up something for maybe a piece we're doing for golf channel or whatever, it's an average of $275 every time we walk out of the PGA tour superstore. So on some level, well, I think that well, should be reflected we, on your financials. We appreciate that. And you're not, you're not alone there, Matt. So <laughs> I did want to ask you about this. Last year was a record year in, in the game of golf. Uh, rounds were up. Everything was up. Obviously, retail was way up as well. We're now all of a sudden in a flash in September of 2021. Mm -hmm. In any way, I'm sure you're pleased, but are you surprised that the game of golf has remained so robust throughout? A, a little bit surprised, yes. And I, and I think when we, when we came out of the pandemic, nobody really knew what golf was going to do. And when it exploded the way that it did, when we started to reopen stores last year in 2020, certainly there was a lot of excitement from everyone in the golf industry about how the pandemic actually helped our golf industry. People were out playing more. They could socially distance. Um, they didn't have to talk to people through a computer screen and they could go out and, and safely be with their friends. And, and I think that was, um, that was a really great thing, but nobody knew how long that was going to last. Are people going to continue to, to play? Are, are we still going to attract new golfers? Um, and, and that has been such an exciting thing to see in 2021 that our momentum has continued and it's been so strong and, and such a nice thing to see both continuing to attract new people into the game and the people that picked it up last year are still playing rounds of golf and 
as you as you've noted on your show, rounds of golf through July are are up 16 percent. So it's it's just amazing. And um, and we've had, you know, three million new golfers in 2020 and three million golfers that return to the game. So six million brand new golfers. And um, it's been just an amazing uh, just an amazing thing. And 2021 compared to 19 total golf industry is up 23 percent. So that's a huge move for for an industry our size, and uh, and we're we're continuing to uh, to keep our foot on the gas pedal. As we mentioned, uh, in in November of this year, we're going to be opening our 50th store. So that's a huge milestone for us as a company, and we have big plans for 2022 as well. Uh, we've already announced three stores that will be opening before the Masters next year. So very excited to be uh, having our first store in Pennsylvania in the Philadelphia area. Uh, which will awesome. be exciting. We're going to add another store in Florida, in Tampa. We're not in the Tampa area yet, so that's certainly a, a market we've been trying uh, to get to for a while. And then our first store in North Carolina, in Charlotte. So we're thrilled about those first three stores, and uh, and we can't wait to announce even more for 2022. Yeah, that is exciting, and and we're looking forward to being a part of all of that with you. We're going to try to as as with the you know COVID restrictions and all the rest, we travel as things are starting to lighten up in terms of how we can get out and do that. We're, we're going to be a part of the, these store openings and I cannot wait to welcome everybody in the respective regions and just bring them into the experiences that are so unique. Now, one of the things that's so unique about the PGA Tour Superstore, and it's, and it's one of the reasons why I love you guys, is that, it, and this is one of the things that I call, Randy, a revelation of a corporate soul. It's about more than brick and mortar. It's about more than just what is on the bottom line. It is about your people, but it's also about the way that you touch the communities and the game at large that you are in. Could you comment uh, to us, if you would please, about the commitment that PGA Tour Superstore has to, I guess, my definition, you define it as you see fit, sir, to giving back? Yes, thank you for for asking that. It is one of the things that attracted me to this company to begin with, and 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 the the really the main thing that keeps a lot of our associates going is is knowing that we serve a greater good. So as I mentioned, yes, it's 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 exciting to have great business and to be part of it and to take care of customers and help their golf game, but more importantly than that, uh, one of our core values that all of us aspire to is giving back to others. Right. And so we've been able to have the privilege of having our profits go back to Arthur Blank's family foundation and the work that that Arthur is doing along with our company and and all of us that are involved with it with the first tee is so exciting. On Tuesday, we announced four scholarship winners as part of our leadership series of the first tee. So Antonio, Hannah, Tristy and BJ are all going to receive $20,000 as part of continuing their education. Nice. Uh, we, we, had, we had a lot, we had a, a big group of, for two weeks in a row back in August, um, uh, out to Montana to, uh, to Arthur's Ranch where we, they went through leadership series. And these are, these are programs that CEOs go through and that um, Coca-Cola and, and other companies have brought their leadership teams out here. And uh, yes, I see the horseback riding and they get to do all, a lot of fun things uh, related to the ranch in Montana. But more importantly than that, they get to hear from people like our CEO, Dick Sullivan, 
um, and many other leaders, not just in the golf industry, but in the community in general. Uh, Ralph Stokes and Scott Russell and others that, that work in our company about what it takes to be a leader and what it takes to change the world. And, and as you said, to really uh, aspire to values and have a greater good in the world. Um, it's not just about making money. It's not just about uh, how to succeed in business. It's about how to succeed in life. And th those are the lessons that these kids have learned. And I've read the letters and I've seen the videos that they've sent back and just an incredible experience. And you can see the beauty of Montana and the horseback riding. Uh, but they really came back changed in how they view the world. And if you mention things like East Lake Country Club, right? So Tom Cousins, it's, a, it's an incredible story that, get, that goes into a community um, that was really struggling and says we're going to revitalize not just the golf course, East Lake, where we're playing, but we're going to revitalize the community that's around there. So it's similar to some of the work that Arthur Blank is doing on Atlanta's west side. So instead of saying, hey, I'm just going to put up this gigantic, massive Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is incredibly state-of-the-art and beautiful, I'm going to have an impact on the community around it and to say, how do we help the community succeed and get better and thrive and, and do all of those things that, uh, that Tom Cousins did around East? Like It's a great model for us to go to. So uh, needless to say, Matt, I could talk all day about, um, about the things that we're doing um, for the first tee, for the kids. And, and it's just, it's so exciting to be part of a company like that. And, and quite honestly, it's what keeps me here to be able to be a part of an organization that is more than just uh, profits and P&L, right? That stuff is, is what we do uh, during the day, but what we do during our, during our off time and how we can impact the world um, in a better way is, is why I'm here. And it's, it's just so, great to have an owner like Arthur Blank and a CEO like Dick Sullivan that are so engaged in these things and that it's not just a tagline for our company or, you know, Arthur obviously has a lot of money and he can give money to, to, to lots of things, but it's his own time and his own investment in these things that really make it special. And he truly, truly cares about these kids and our community and how the world and Atlanta specifically can become a better place because of his impact and our impact as a company. Well, my friend, the, the First Tee College Scholarship Program that you referenced specifically with recipients from Orange County and from New York and from Atlanta and from Houston uh, and, and the names that you ran down, one of them was Hannah. And Randy, we have a surprise for you this morning. Hannah Newell is a 17-year-old uh, she's a high school senior from Houston, Texas, and she is joining us on the program this morning to talk about awesome. the Awesome. Hello, Hannah. Great to see you. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm honored to be here. It's a pleasure, Hannah. So, so now you're, you're getting an opportunity to speak to one of the top executives at the PGA Tour Superstore behind all this. I guess from a standpoint of enthusiasm or appreciation or however you wish to define it, what message do you have to the people that made this possible? Oh my goodness. Uh, thank you so much. That's just, that's the bottom line. Honestly, I'm so grateful for the experience and the opportunity that I had to even go to Montana that, I mean, going to the ranch and being able to go through all those experiences. And even like they said, these are things that CEOs and, you know, big people get to see. And I was really honored to be able to take part in an experience that 
you know, very few people have really gotten to see and, you know, just get to um, learn about leadership and do it in the beauty of Montana. It was such a fantastic experience and it really changed my life. So thank you so much for allowing me to have the opportunity to see that and experience that. Hannah, your, your young life is so incredible already. Uh, she volunteers in the summertime at a local camp for, for people with intellectual disabilities. She maintains a 3.95 a GPA at that. So, Randy, I'm sure that you have a message for Hannah and for all the aspirants and everybody that's touched by these collective efforts. I do, Hannah, and I, I'm so excited that you were able to participate in, uh, in going to Montana and uh, the great thing about uh, our company in this is that we don't view these things as one-time things. We view it as relationship building, and we want to follow you in your career and whatever you do, and we want to support you. And we will be opening our third store in Houston in October here next month, and I really look forward to seeing you. We have another surprise in store where we're going to be donating uh, additional money to the First Tee of Houston um, and, nice. and really um, get, giving more money there. And, and, and even this Saturday, uh, another $45,000 as part of our Eastlake um, initiative with, um, with that tournament going on, um, going to the first tee of Metro Atlanta. So as I said, it's a lot more about the money. It's more about relationships with people like Hannah and saying, how can we as a company support you? What are the things we can do to, to help you in your career and, and in your school and whatever it is that you choose to do in life, we wanna be there for the long haul. So it's exciting, Hannah, to, uh, to see you there and to, to really see some of that video of that, of that beautiful golf swing that you have and um, hope you'll continue your golf career as well as anything you choose to do in life and uh, we're here to support that. Thank you so Hannah, much. Hannah, I'm curious that even though you're 17 years old and you've accomplished amazing things so far, by the way, her, her first SAT pass was 1420, which is tremendous. Uh, I am curious. Yeah, it is. Isn't that something? I, I am curious of the game of golf and its ability to connect with people. And I'm, it, it, may, it may be people that don't even play the game of golf, frankly, but the, but the fact that you do is tremendous. But I'm just curious what your feelings are about this great game and its ability to touch lives that actually goes beyond the golf course itself? Well, uh, my dad said, I forget exactly who said it, but golf is a lot like the game of life. You know, you get bad breaks from good shots, you get good breaks from bad shots, but most importantly, you just got to play the ball where it lies. And I think it's really great because golf is one of those sports where it's not like, you know, you're on a tennis court and you're really far away and you don't have an opportunity to, you know, talk to the people you're playing with. In golf, you know, you play around and you spend four hours with two or three other people and you get a chance to know them and talk to them and see who they really are. And it's really great because especially on the golf course, you really learn about who a person truly is and, you know, how they handle the game and how they, their strategies and everything. So I think the best thing about golf is you really get to learn how to build relationships. It's great for business. It's great for, you know, making friends. And it's a game you can play your entire life. You know, we have golfers that are really good. There's one at my club who's like 70 and he still has like a handicap under 10. And that's crazy. Like people can still do that. How many tennis players do you know that are 70 can still play really well? So I think it's great that golf is a game that you can play with your whole family, you can play for your whole life, and it's a great game for building relationships, and that's just what I love about the game.
Uh, Hannah, if, I, if you would allow it, I want to ask you one more question uh, before we let you go on this Thursday. And that is a message is. to other young people. Uh, whatever their hopes and dreams are, what, whatever challenges they might be facing in their own respective life, what message do you have for other young people in terms of the virtues of hard work and perseverance and, and chasing your dreams? I would say perseverance and hard work are some of the most important values that you need to have if you want to be successful. You know, we're going to face challenges. Everyone faces challenges in life. And, you know, everybody's going to fail at some point. But being able to persevere and get back up from that and continue trying is really the best thing you can do. You know, um, learning from your failures is really important. But if you can continue to persevere and work hard through those failures, then you will eventually meet a huge success and that is the best thing you can do. Hannah, so. incredibly impressive. Uh, Randy, I'll let you have the last word with, with Hannah in our interview today. What, what comments do you have to close? Well, first of all, there have been a lot of thank yous directed my way, but I want to thank you, Hannah, for participating uh, the way that you have. I want to thank you for the influence that you're having and the, just the words that you said today that can encourage others to uh, to do in following your footsteps. And I can see already at a very young age that um, you're becoming a, the leader that uh, that, that uh, lots of other kids will aspire to be. So thank you for your participation in that. Matt, thank you for having me on the show. And uh, we look forward to a great week uh, here at Eastlake with the Tour Championship wrapping up. And I'm super excited to watch the Solheim Cup as well. I've watched more women's golf this year than I probably ever have. And those ladies can really play. And uh, they've got some talent out there. And Hannah, I hope to see you out there one day participating in the Solheim Cup too. So uh, best uh, wishes for all of your uh, future success. And I hope to see you in Houston next month. Thank you very much. I look forward to seeing you there. Hannah, mm-hmm. congratulations. Thank you. Randy, a congratulations to you, too, with the advancements, everything going on at the PGA Tour Superstore, and a thank you to you for your time as ever. Uh, Randy Peich is the Chief Operating Officer of the PGA Tour Superstore, and Hannah Newell, one of the recipients of the First Tee a College Scholarship Program. Great to see you both. Enjoy the golf that's coming up this week at the Tour Championship and the Solheim Cup in, in particular, folks. Thanks, Maddie. See you guys. All right, folks. Uh, Tour Thank Edge you. is a great product line for anything that you need in your line, but a great place to get started is touredge.com. Uh, products from Tour Edge are available at the PGA Tour Superstore, and it's a massive product line. It has everything that you possibly could need for your game. One of my favorite things that it has are the box sets, meaning everything that you need is in a box. The bag, the clubs, everything, so that if you have someone in your life that wants to pick up the game or come back to it, they can find it there. Just one of the many pound-for-pound reasons that Tour Edge is the best value in the game of golf. TourEdge.com for more. When we come back, more from the biggest names in the game of golf. Stay with us. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses and they're all in one place, would you believe me? Where is this special place? How far do I have to travel for this golfing nirvana? The answer could both surprise and delight you. It's right around the corner in the heartland of the country. It's Boyne Golf in Northern Michigan. It's a destination so special, so unique, that you'll think you're playing golf on a work of art along the cliffs of the Monterey Peninsula or the raw sweeping landscapes of Scotland. From elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, 
Boeing Golf truly offers an unrivaled golf vacation experience. Log on to BoeingGolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital. Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B. The Tour Ball. Reinvented. Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear, and where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Thursday. An absolute ton going on, uh, and that includes what's going on at the Solheim Cup. Coming up today at 1 p.m., uh, Team Europe players will address the media again at uh, Captains in Players, 1 p.m. and 1.30. And then 2 p.m. will be Team USA doing the same. Tomorrow, it will be Europe players at noon, Team USA at 12.30. The Captains will be on together at 1 uh, and They'll also progress to the pairings. And then at 5 p.m. tomorrow would be the opening ceremony of the Solheim Cup. Dom, what are we looking at in terms of weather out at Inverness right now? Right now, Inver- Inverness weather is... Nope, that's the Tour Championship weather. Hold on. I'd like to know about the Tour <laughs> Championship, too. Yeah, save that. Sure. So the weather, this is for the Solheim Cup at Inverness. Uh, the weather today is going to be beautiful. Very little wind. Sunny. No rain, nothing. It'll probably, it might peak and reach 80 degrees today. So absolutely stunning today. Now, competition days. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Mostly cloudy with a little bit of showers in the evening, the very end of play on Saturday, with the winds 5 to 10 miles an hour. Sunday, no rain in the forecast. It's going to be a little chilly in the morning in the, in the mid-60s, or low 60s. It'll, it'll uh, warm up, be about 80, 79, 80 by, by midday on Sunday. But there will be gusts above 20 miles per hour on Saturday. On Monday, Ooh. final day match play, right? 
isolated showers, also winds 10 to 20 with gusts over 20, but the, the heat, you know, it'll still be about 75, 80. So the, the temperature won't be an issue, but the wind will certainly be an issue. This is going and to be And there might be some spotty showers, but I don't think anything enough to affect play. Oh, this sounds fantastic. All right, so before I let you go here, because you brought up the weather at Tour Championship, I'm curious about that, too. You, you, you got me. So they're going to have some issues with their practice days. Um, but, oh, wait, this is Wednesday's weather. I'm, what am I? Admitting? So Yeah, it's, uh, it's Thursday already, Dom. Uh, oh, here we go. Oh, my God, look at that. Flawless weather. You ready for this? Yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It says... Sunny, sunny, mostly sunny, sunny. That's what it says for the four days. Oh, okay. The high, 84, 84, 86, 87. The wind never goes above nine miles an hour. That's perfect. So literally flawless weather all four days at the Tour Championship. Absolutely perfect. I wonder, because down here in Florida, we're still in the throes of in the afternoon, you can get some pretty violent thunderstorms because of the buildup of the, of the heat throughout the day. Maybe by the time you get to September, it gets a little bit better in the Atlanta area or Georgia, I hope. So at least this week, it looks like it. Uh, just to that point of weather, thoughts to, uh, are to those in the pathway of Hurricane Ida or the remnants of the same, because I know it's causing massive flooding uh, as it continues on its path. Uh, news coming out this morning, uh, particularly about New Jersey being very, very hard hit by, by uh, flooding. And we're just thinking about everybody in terms of of what you're dealing with wherever you are. Now, back to the Solheim Cup. Yesterday, players come in and meet in groups. So you have Ewing, Kang, and Corda, plural, Corda's, and, and Jessica and Nelly. So let's start with that in terms of players addressing the media and answering questions about what they expect coming up this week. I wanted to play really solid golf for two years and make the team on points. Um, so I've played solid enough to do that, and uh, we're on home soil this year, uh, which I think is super exciting. A lot of fans out, especially in preparation, which is good to see. Um, so I know it's only going to get better when tournament starts. Uh, I definitely think it wasn't a bad thing to win a match play event um, and kind of maybe solidify and show that I'm a match play player and love the competition. I mean, I think every time you make a Solheim Cup team, it's kind of like it's a huge moment because... Like, when I played my first Solheim Cup, I was like, this is an event I never want to miss as long as I'm playing out here. And just to be out here, like, knowing how the crowds are going to be, how intense, like, each pot, each stroke is going to, like, weigh, it's obviously a big event. And definitely us being on home soil and not having the cup in our hands right now, we definitely want to get the cup back. And I think being on home soil, it's definitely a little more motivation on top of, as a team, how we want it already. It's a tough golf course. It's, uh, it's a championship golf course. Um, I think uh, pars are going to be winning some holes, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of play it. We've played it um, with a higher wind today, which is, in a sense, what we saw a lot of last year. I'm not sure what the rest of the week brings, but this place is always in such great shape, so we're all really excited to get the week going. Yeah, we were actually talking about it. Um, you know, it was Evian. Then it was the Olympics, British, and Solheim, so it's pretty much like four majors in a row. So it's definitely been a lot of travel. Um, it's been hectic, but um, I've loved every single minute of it. Um, it's been a surreal year so far, and um, hopefully, you know, we can make it even better this year or this week. 
Yeah, as Megan says, you know, once you get to experience playing in a Solheim Cup, uh, you never want to miss it. And this is going to be our first year or our first year on home soil. So um, <laughs> our <laughs> our first year. I thought I was a veteran. <laughs> our first year on home soil. So I think um, it'll be even cooler. So it was definitely something that was on um, my list this year to make. I mean, I think it's pretty even. Uh, I mean, Anna just won the British. Um, you had a, a lot of European girls that have been playing really well this year. So, And same with the U.S. Um, so I think, uh, personally, it's pretty similar. I think this format, too, it's uh, someone who is not necessarily playing that great can show up at Solheim Cup, and the competitive atmosphere, every, anyone can turn it on out here just to... It's, it's just completely different than anything we play all year, so I'd, I'd say it's going to be pretty evenly matched. I would say, honestly, personality, um, games, it's just the comfort level of, of us. Going. Yeah, we're pretty even-keeled. Um, during practice rounds, we all like to have fun. There's not really necessarily a quiet one between us. Um, so, yeah, I would say that, you know, we're, we're very similar personalities, and it's a fun pod. It's a fun pod. Allie Ewing, Megan King, and the Cordes sisters addressing the media yesterday. On the other side of that, in balance, uh, the Team Europe players also went in in waves. And this cut is from Anna Nordquist and Matilda Castron and Madeline Sagstrom in terms of their comments, similar in nature to the media. Uh, I love playing for Europe and I love representing Europe and wearing the colors and uh, most of the girls here I knew from before and the ones I didn't um, I've become friends with and everyone's super nice to me and uh, very welcoming and um, the more seasoned players are, are giving me advice and they're there for me to help me with, with anything I need so I feel, I feel a, little, a little more comfortable every day and um, that's all I can ask for, and uh, to be ready on Saturday. Well, I think that first one under your belt is always nice, because, I mean, it's, you're going to be nervous. It's a big week. It's big for everybody who's here. It's big for, it's big for yourself, kind of getting into a Solheim Cup representing Europe. So it's, uh, I feel a little more calm this time. I feel, uh, I feel like I belong here. I feel like I've done the job to get to this point. So I'm really excited where my game is at, and I'm excited for the week to kind of keep going and starting off, but I think we have a really solid group of girls. I think our rookies this year, they're very experienced. They, they play great. I mean, they won on tour and uh, they don't really need much support, but it is, I think it's just realizing how much things uh, there is around, like with the gala dinner, with the ph photography session, the media, um, the opening ceremony, like there's, there's just really long days leading up to events and I think for your first one, I think you'll be surprised how much there really is. Um, but they, I mean, they're such great golfers. They really don't need much help, but I think just learning what to expect and maybe just a friendly reminder to pace themselves this week because it's going to be really long. And I mean, it's, it's Wednesday today and we're not starting until Saturday. So um, it's just such a really cool atmosphere. So um, I think everyone is running high on adrenaline in a week like this. I'm not sure anyone can fully be prepared for what's going to happen on the first tee and what the feeling is like and all the butterflies in your stomach. Um, but I've been in some pressure situations before, and I'm just trying to think back uh, at those moments and 
um, talk to the other girls and talk to our, our captains and um, vice captains and just ask for any advice they can give me. Um, but all, in, all I can control is my own game and my own thoughts and um, just try to, try to be the best player I can. The first tee experience is you, you cannot take, like you cannot explain that into words. And I think it's probably the coolest experience in the game of golf. Uh, and it just needs to be experienced. And everyone is nervous. That's just the way it is. And if you can embrace it. And um, but I feel like the team is so have so much experience. Uh, I mean, Matilda's won on tour this year, and it's that's such a hard accomplishment. So everyone's doing great. So um, maybe me and Mel were the oldest ones, but um, everyone's doing great on on their own. This is such an amazing week in the game of golf. We're going to be hearing from the captains of the respective Solheim Cup teams in just a second. First, I want to remind everybody that you can log on to BridgestoneGolf.com and you can make sure that you're playing the right golf ball for your game. Not only can you be V fit there, but you can check out their great golf balls, including the Tour B series with their revolutionary reactive urethane cover, meaning that you don't have to choose between a ball for distance or a ball for control around the greens. You can have both in the same golf ball in the Tour B. BridgestoneGolf.com is a great place to get started. Okay, so Pat Hurst and her vice captains also addressed the media. Let's hear from Pat in terms of her expectations. It's awesome. You know, I was here about a month and a half ago, and, and they were just putting up the structures, and now when you, when you get here and, and you uh, see everything, it's just, it's, it's all coming together. So it's a lot of fun, and, and we just can't wait for the week, um, you know, for the matches to start. It's been a lot of fun. You know, I think Pat had a plan, and, you know, we've, we, it feels like we're, we're really prepared. Um, it's a different feeling than being a player, obviously, but just knowing that we've put in the work and we've done our homework and, um, you know, it's been, like you said, a year, year and a half that we've been kind of putting things together. So um, it's nice to be here and, and not feel like you're trying to play catch up or um, your plan's in place and we've followed it step by step and Pat's done a great job keeping us focused and um, it, it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Angela Stanford also speaking there, one of the vice captains for Team USA. It includes uh, Lewis and Wee West as well. On the European side, uh, Katrina Matthew spoke to just about how excited she is to actually be at Inverness this week. Yeah, it's, it's uh, great to finally be here. Uh, there's obviously a lot of preparation goes into it. So to actually be here and, you know, see all the, the stands up and the, the crowds beginning to come is uh, the excitement starting to build. Um, you know, it's great having the team here and the players getting to see the golf course the last couple of days. So, um, yeah, it's getting exciting. Um, you know, now can't wait for Saturday to come, to be honest. Well, I'm uh, happy to be back. It's a little bit weird walking by the driving range the first time, uh, not having to pull out your clubs, but uh, I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, uh, I think all four of us have gotten to know each other quite well over the last four years, uh, so to say, and um, um, yeah, just happy to see everyone here. It's kind of funny because it's, it all feels like it was yesterday. Even though you've been away, I mean, you stay in touch. You talk to all these girls uh, along the, I mean, throughout the year. So uh, it's not like you're completely out of it. But um, I must say, it's something that feels very natural. It's kind of, it's been a part of our lives for so many years. So um, I have to say, like, you pick it up pretty quickly. 
Well, I think the fact we've only won once in uh, Colorado shows how difficult it is to win away from home. Um, I mean, obviously this year is going to be, be more difficult and be more of a challenge for us. But I think in a way we can nearly rise to that rather than just thinking we're going to have a few fans. We're kind of really expecting very, I mean, basically about zero fans. Um, you know, obviously a few um, Europeans will perhaps living in the States make it here, but um, certainly won't be the same presence that we normally have at an away match. But, um, you know, I think the players are, are going to be mentally prepared for that. So, um, you know, I think it, it just gives them another challenge and another, another thing to try and overcome and get that victory. Oh, that was Captain Matthew and Vice Captain Pedersen there. It was good to see Suzanne uh, back on the stage, back in front of the, the microphone and, and to hear from her as, well, looking forward to very much the competitions coming up. And remember, it finishes on Monday. I'll go through the air times with you in just a little bit. Colin Morikawa addressed the media at the Tour Championship. He is amongst the 30. He was asked about his thoughts on, on the format, his reaction to Commissioner Monaghan's comments about expectations of behavior, the state of his game right now, and what it means to be here and to be amongst the 30. Oh, it means a lot. Um, you know, it means you've done something right, and obviously it's a goal to, to get to Eastlake. Um, but knowing the position I put myself in at the end of the regular season, you know, I, I want to try and win it. And uh, I didn't really give myself the best um, odds, you know, through the first couple playoff events, you know, starting seven back. But you know what, seven back, um, it's not going to scare me from anything. You know, I'm coming out here hopefully starting Thursday and we're going to start playing well and um, put everything together. You know, this is a cool season to look back at with, with how long, it, you know, it's kind of extended, how many tournaments it's been. Um, but, you know, hopefully we can end it on a, on a really good note. Way better than it was two weeks ago. Um, I think starting the playoffs, I really didn't know where it was going to be um, with the little back stuff and having not practiced. Um, but I've kind of worked out a lot of the bad patterns um, that I built in. Uh, there's one thing that I need to figure out today, but for the most part, all the bad patterns that I worked in Memphis that I should have never played injured really um, have been pushed out. So that's what's good. Um, so we're going out here just trying to play golf. How do I put the ball in the hole? And um, I'm going to try and keep it simple. You know, uh, I, I could be thinking about a lot of things, but at the end of the day, everyone's just going to look at our score and what we shoot for this week. And, um, you know, I just want to get the ball in the hole. Um, it's as simple as that, really. You know, I think what separates our sport from a lot of other sports is the idea of respect. And, you know, that's what our game is about. You know, how do you respect others? And um, while we're hitting, you know, it's been the norm to, for everyone to be quiet. So um, there comes a point of where it's, you know, almost could be called harassment when people are saying certain things, doing this. Um, but, you know, they have their rights and they have their rights to say what. So. You know, I haven't really thought about it too much. I haven't seen it in person on, on how bad it really has gotten. It's obviously unfortunate for us players playing when you hear certain things like that being said. Um, but, you know, I heard some things last week, and I'm not going to say it, that were just inappropriate. Um, and, you know, it, it wasn't right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an, it's, an, it's an unfortunate circumstance because this, this is what our game is. You know, our game is about respect and it's about honoring other players and, and doing, you know, what people in the past, how our game has been raised throughout the years. I get it. You know, the world is changing. We're evolving. Um, but that does not mean, you know, you can just go out and, and start saying anything you want. So um, it's an interesting topic. You know, it's, it's, I'm sure players have been called many things throughout the years, um, different names, different nicknames. Um, but... You know, it is what it is, and um, hopefully uh, it's taken care of. 
Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I think I laid out the blueprint for what this format is. If you start the or finish the regular season at first and you pretty much don't, don't accumulate any points, uh, how far you might possibly drop down to 11th. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, you know, I've heard other players talk about how they like it, how they don't like it. Um, I think it's awesome to know that everyone has a chance this week, right? Um, but like I said, our sport is so different than every other sport that um, you know, you can't, you know, I don't think you could just make it one playoff event at the beginning and cut from 125 to whoever 70 make the cut because every week is so different. But it shows the strength of these playoffs is that if you're playing well like Eric Van Rooyen, you can play yourself into the tour championship. And I think that's what's pretty cool is that, you know, he started so far back, I think right before the Barracuda, he was outside the 125 and, and worked his way in. And now he has a chance for the FedEx Cup. So, um, you know, the staggered format, I think, is smart. I think it works. Um, so it's cool to see that, you know, who's going to win this week is going to win everything else. Um, so it sucks to be seven back, but, you know, it is what it is, and we're going to go out firing. All right, we'll see how he does going out firing this morning. The first tee time will be at 11.40 a.m. Eastern time this morning. What about Dustin Johnson? Uh, he was asked about the format. He was asked about the challenge he faces starting seven shots back and how it feels to be back as a defending champion. Yeah, it's definitely good to be back here. Obviously, if you make it to the Tour Championship, you've had a pretty good season. And, um, yeah, I mean, coming back here, obviously, after winning last year, you know, getting my first FedEx Cup title, it's definitely got some good memories. I feel like the games and, you know, starting to round into form, you know, right at the right time. Um, you know, this is obviously a really good week to, to play well. So, um, obviously, my position coming into it, not as good as it was last year, but I feel like I'm still in a position where I've got a got a chance to to win as long as I, I'm have to have a spectacular week. But you know, I still feel like I have a chance. No, it's a big it's a big challenge, but at least you know, obviously over one day would be a, a lot to ask. But over four days, you know, it's not as big of an ask. I'm still going to have to play extremely well, but. You know, over four rounds, it's a lot easier to make up seven strokes than it is over one day. Um, you know, on a golf course like like East Lake, though, you know, if you can if you can get off to a good start, shoot a good you know first round, or you know just get your you know just try to enter enter way a little bit closer, you know, each day. But um, still gonna have to play four great rounds if I want a chance to win. Yeah, I think it works. Uh, I do. You know, it kind of gives everyone that, that makes it to this week a chance to win. Um, so I, I do like it. Uh, it's, uh, it makes it exciting. It's easy to follow. You know, it's easy for us players to follow, too, because, you know, kind of the other way, you know, there were so many different scenarios, especially if you were, like, in first coming into the week. You know, a lot of times, you know, you know it was you were relying on other players if you weren't at the top. DJ, clean-shaven this week for the Tour Championship. What of Harris English? We were talking to Mark Wilson earlier in the program about the prospects of Harris English, not only this week with that which lies in store, but also about the Ryder Cup team. And does he need to do a little bit more, perhaps, to fully convince the captains? We don't know about that, but he was asked about what he thinks would bring uh, he would bring to the team and the team room if he were to make that team. And what, if any, conversations he has had with Steve Stricker about his possibilities of being a member of the, of the uh, uh, Ryder Cup team? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been on a, a group text with Strick over the past uh, couple weeks, and, and obviously I'm, I'm really good friends with Davis Love and Zach Johnson, who are her vice captains, as well as Jim Furyk. Um, good friends with him as well. So, uh, Jim texted me. <clears throat> Jim Jim texted me a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. That's awesome. I think Phil will be a great assistant captain. Um, so yeah, I've, I have a good relationship with a lot of those guys. Jim texted me a couple weeks ago, like, "Hey man, I've been in your position before. Just just go out and play good golf and let everything take care of itself." And and that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, talked to Davis Love on the phone when I was driving over to Athens yesterday, and, and we kind of chatted, and, and he kind of said similar stuff of, um, "You got a big week this week. Just go uh, just go play well and, and worry about this week." And and let the chips fall where they may. So um, I feel like I'm in a good spot, and um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, can be picked for that team. I mean, my whole goal was to to get in the top six and and make it on on my own merit, but didn't do that. So uh, hopefully, I can get picked. Um, I'd love to go to war with those guys. I, I like a lot of a lot of the guys on the team, all the guys on the team. So so would would love to play, and it'd be an unbelievable experience. Scott, I think I'm, I'm more of a Swiss Army knife. Of I can play with anybody. I can hang out with anybody. I, I think that's one of my strengths. Of I can find common ground with, with every single person. Um, so whatever role they need me to play, whoever they need me to play with, whatever time, whatever format, I'll be there and, and go to war with anybody. So I think, I think that's uh, kind of what I bring to the table. Obviously, I haven't played a Ryder Cup before. I've played a Walker Cup. Um, love team golf. That's why I miss about playing at the University of Georgia is being a part of a team. So I think I'd be great in the team room and, and uh, would love would love to uh, to play and, and go to war with those guys. We'll see how it plays itself out. Now, uh, Xander Shoffley started by asking as well about the Ryder Cup questions, and he was asked about what he thinks Steve Stricker will bring to his captain. So you're going to hear that in a second. But first, how does he feel about the player impact program as that's been discussed relative to the comments of the commissioner? You know, I was one of the first to say I, I sort of felt like uh, it's created an opportunity to, um, I wouldn't say like push for, for bad behavior, but it, it's sort of, um, uh, let me think here. Uh, I'm not trying to step on my own toes, but I think it's, it's potentially, you know, created this sort of uh, mentality out here to sort of get likes or get certain things. And I think we don't, us players, we don't know where we sit on the list. So you're just going to push and push and push and hope that you're on the list. I have no clue where I am on this list. I don't know who, I mean, I can guess who would be in the top 10. Um, I don't know, the, you know, there's a metric of five things. We've, you know, we've been informed by the tour, which has been nice, but it's sort of outside of what we really know. So maybe my agent knows better than me and just isn't telling me because um, I'd be disappointed in the result. But, um, you know, I usually wins solve certain problems. And um, I think if you win enough, you, you're bound to be on that list. So that's sort of how I have tried to approach it. You know, I, I think um, people see Stricker, you know, the guy who, who may cry in an interview after he's won a tournament. But playing with him, um, there's, a, there, there's a fire burning. And I think he is a really nice guy. But at the same time, you know, I didn't know him very well until I played with him for those 36 holes. And you really know a guy when he really, you know, a top player when he really wants to do something. And watching him compete and his fire and his competitive edge that he showed when he wanted to qualify for Aaron Hills. And I think he won the qualifier, came in second or something like that. Um, 
really showed to me that the, the guy's got some, you know, he's got some stuff under his sleeve, and um, I'm really excited for him, you know, to be the captain on the Ryder Cup team, and uh, I think he's going to do a really good job, and I think he, he has, um, he's not going to get pushed around uh, with pol any political situation whatsoever. He's going to put his foot down, I think, which is something I respect a lot. Again, isn't this cool that in the week of the Tour Championship, the week of the Solheim Cup, that so much of the conversation goes back to the Ryder Cup as well. Now, to Rory McIlroy. He was asked if he agrees with the new policy from the Tour in terms of what they expect from fans. Uh, it's actually both ways, but what they expect from fans and whether enforcing it is realistic. He was asked if he has any sympathy for Bryson DeChambeau at the moment. Then he was asked about his thoughts of the format for this week for the Tour Championship and how he feels about being back again this year. I mean, I'm just happy to be here, to be honest. You know, I was 28th going into the week last week um, at Caves Valley. Knew, knew I needed a, at least a decent week to make it here, uh, and it turned out to be a bit better than that. I played, probably played some of the best golf I've played all year. Um, not good enough to keep up with Patrick and Bryson, but... Uh, certainly good enough to move up a few spots and uh, and get here this week. So, yeah, happy to be here. Um, you know, it's I think it's always I think it's always a feather in your cap to make the Tour Championship, even though you know I, you know someone in my position is is expected to, and, and I obviously expect myself to as well. You know, you look around this week, and there's only 30 players here, and you can single out every single player that's done something really well this year. So um, to be included in that group is nice, and um, you know, at least I have a chance. You know, I, I you know, it was funny. I I saw Sungjae this morning at breakfast, and uh, when I finished on Sunday, it looked like I was projected to start the tournament this week at four under, and then Sungjae birdied 17, and then I was projected to start the week at three under and then he birdied the last and then I went down to two under so even before the week started he cost me two shots but um but no it's uh and it's sort of I think that's the fun thing about this format you're always sort of looking at what the other guys are doing and seeing where you're going to start and um but yeah just happy to be here and um you know you know glad to glad to, to have a chance yeah I mean I look the first first year that it was played in this format I started five back and I ended up winning the tournament by three so, like, everyone gets here, you know, the people that have played well have an advantage. Um, it's not an insurmountable advantage like it has been in previous years where guys have turned up to the Tour Championship not, you know, not having to do anything to win the FedEx Cup. And that's certainly, you don't want that to happen either. So, I mean, there's been a few iterations of it, and I think this is definitely the best format so far. There's clarity for the players, there's clarity for the fans. Um, it's, you know, and again, it, it, you know, it's the playoffs and I think everyone that's in the top 30 deserves to be here. And then because of that, everyone in the top 30 deserves to feel like they have a chance to win it all. So I, I can certainly see where John's coming from, especially with the year that he's had, but look, I've, I've went into two FedEx, you know, I've went into two playoff runs being number one in 2012 and 2014 and didn't win either of them. Um, so I've been on both sides of the both sides of the coin here. So um, look, it, it's it is what it is. I mean, the PJ Tour wanted to create this playoffs format, and you know, by nature, it is going to be volatile at the end of the year. And you know, I think most players have accepted that. Yeah, I do a little bit. You know, I, I think 
you know, I, I sort of know what you're getting at in, in, on the back of last week and, um, you know, some, some things that were said and over the past, over the past few weeks, I guess. Um, yeah, a little bit. I think it's, it's different, right? As golfers, there's a, a very thin rope that separates us from the, from the fans. And then, you know, you hit a shot offline and you have to go into the fans to hit it. So it's, you know, we get a little closer to, we get a little closer to them than some other sports. Um, and yeah, I think, I think some of it crosses the line. Um, I think there's a certain, I think certain other sports culture has fed into our game, um, and fed into the fan base that's definitely affected it. Um, and people will get, you know, people will make the argument that, well, it happens in every other sport, but I would say that we're not any other sport. And I think golf should hold itself to a higher standard. I mean, the players are certainly held to a higher standard than other sports, so why wouldn't our fan base be? I, I certainly feel some sympathy for him because I, I certainly I don't think that you should be um, ostracized or criticized for being different, and I think we've all known from the start that Bryson is different, and he he's not going to conform to the way people want him to be. Um, he, he, he is his own person. He, he thinks his own thoughts. He, you know, and everyone has a right to do that. There are certainly things that he has done in the past that have brought some of this stuff on himself. I'm not saying that he's um, completely blameless in this, but at the same time, I think he has been getting a pretty rough go of it of late. And it's, it's actually pretty sad to see because, you know, he, you know, he, he, Deep down, I think, is a nice person, and um, all he wants to do is try to be the best golfer he can be. And it just seems like every every week something else happens, and um, I'd say it's pretty tough to be Bryson DeChambeau right now. And um, I don't know if anyone else on tour has spoken up for him, but I definitely, I definitely feel for him a little bit. And I, you know, I, I agree. I don't think he's completely blameless in all of this, but at the same time. I think he's trying to become better and he's trying to learn from his mistakes and I think everyone should give him a chance to, to try to do that. As, as golfers, I feel like we're held to a higher standard than other sports and other athletes and I think because of that, the people that come to watch us play should be held to a higher standard as well. So that's, I mean, that's... And enforcing that, I think it should be a, you know, there's no... You know, there's no room in golf for people to, you know, abuse someone on the golf course when all they're trying to do is do their best and win a golf tournament and, you know, follow their dreams. So there's there's no place for that in our game. And that might sound a little stiff or snobby or whatever, but um, that's golf and we have traditions and we have... You know, you look at like a first tee program, for example, what are they taught through golf? They're taught respect, sportsmanship, etiquette, uh, how to treat others the right way, you know, and that's everything that we try to do through golf. And, you know, that they are the values of our game. And, um, you know, that's, you know, people need to understand that. And, um, you know, they, they need to try to adopt those same etiquettes and those same um, beliefs and values when they when they show up at our tournaments. Reasonable, reasonable words from Rory McIlroy. Okay, so play will be getting underway at 11.40 a.m. this morning. PGA Tour Live will be on at 11. I'll go through their times in a second. First of all, the ones you're looking at on your screen right now, 
for those of you on the television side, for the radio side, I'll give it to you. Thursday and Friday's coverage starts at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Golf Channel. A Saturday at 1 p.m. on Golf, and then it switches over to NBC at 2.30 p.m. Sunday, it's back with us at noontime on Golf and 1.30 p.m. on NBC. As to, as I mentioned, PGA Tour Live and PGA Tour Radio, uh, you can catch the coverage in the morning uh, from PGA Tour Live, as Mark Wilson told us, you said he's going on at 11. You can see in our graphic the live coverage of play starts at 11.45 because the first tee time is 11.40. And then PGA Tour Radio starts at noontime today and tomorrow at 2 p.m. on Saturday and at 1 p.m. on Sunday. So PGA Tour Live you can get from NBC Sports Gold to the balance of this year. And PGA Tour Radio you can get for free from the PGA Tour app from PGATour.com, or if you subscribe to the National Satellite Service, Sirius XM. As to the Solheim Cup, uh, there'll be more press conferences, as I noted earlier in the program, uh, coming up today and then tomorrow. There's going to be the announcement about the pairings, as well as the opening ceremonies coming up. Uh, A lot going on over the next couple of days, Saturday at 7.30 uh, is when the coverage will begin on Golf Channel. It goes to NBC at 12.30 and back to Golf Channel at 2.30. Sunday, coverage will begin at 7.30 in the morning on Golf Channel. At 12, it will go to NBC, and then at 1.30, it kicks back to Golf Channel again. Monday, the coverage will be on Golf Channel from high noon. All these times are Eastern. What a great show. We covered so much ground today. Thank you to Dom. Thank you to Andrew. Thank you to John. Thank you to Wes and everybody behind the scenes to help put all of this together. Thank you to our guests on the show today. It was awesome. Mostly it was awesome just spending the time with you guys again. Hope you enjoy the start of golf today and all that lies in store. We'll be back with you again tomorrow if we're spared. Until then, goodbye for now.